Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed the first half of Gutter Talk's premiere 2020 episode where we talked about the top five movies of the 2010s, then you'll enjoy this second part where we talk about our favorite TV shows and comic books of the last decade. So enjoy or else. For me is Rebels. We're in TV now. TV, Star Wars Rebels. I love it. It's one of my favorite cartoons of the 2010s. Uh, you're lucky that came out in the 2010s because you just found it in 2019. Yeah, <laughs> it is. That's how much I like it. I'm super into it. Um, it's, I want to say I was only a couple episodes in where I was like, oh, this is it. Mm-hmm. I'm into this show. Let's go. Um, Clone Wars, I tried to watch it and I was like, well, maybe the next episode? Maybe. Maybe this one will be the one that right, I... Right. And this was immediate. Uh, we we hit it off, me and this show. <laughs> it bought me a steak dinner, and I put out. Uh, I thought it was great. <laughs> if you like Star Wars, 100% you should be watching Rebels. And Clone Wars. Nope. If okay. you like Star Wars, Clone Wars is better. Um, mine would be Community is number one. Oh, okay. Without a doubt. I love that show so that much. 2010s? It was 2010 is when it started. Okay. I, I, I wasn't sure. I did, I did not watch that uh, show. Yeah, no. Um, it surprised me that it was 2010, but I saw some people talking about it. It's so good. The comedy's great. And I think also it might be a bit of a, like, I don't know, a nice way to say it. It's like a cultish effect <laughs> in that, like, because of how the turmoil that went through that, that that show went through, I feel like if you were a fan of it, you became closer to it just because of everything around it. Mm. Like, I remember when season three ended. We didn't know if it was going to come back for season four, and then it did, and we were all super happy. Mm-hmm. Same thing with season five. Then it got canceled for season five, and we were like, well, had five seasons. It's good enough. And then the day that the contracts were up for the actors, if the, if this day passed, the show was done because you couldn't get the actors back. That day, Yahoo announced that they were bringing the show back wow. for a sixth season, and it was amazing, and it was just a whole, it was a wonderful experience. Was the sixth season great? Eh. But <laughs> we got it, and now we need a movie. So I <laughs> well, no, because the thing is, in season one, Abed jokingly said that the cape is going to get six seasons in a movie, and so that became the rallying cry for the oh, show. God, the cape? Yeah, that was oh, the joke. Wow, is that it never was going to happen? At that point, the cape had already been canceled. That was right, the joke. Oh, I see, I see. So that became the rallying cry for the show. Is that everyone wanted six scenes in a movie. So after season five, I was like, we just need one more season and a movie, and yeah. then we'll get the thing. And then we got the one more season, so now we all really want the movie. And it comes up every once in a while that they want to do it, but Donald Glover is very busy. Oh, he's very busy. <laughs> very busy man. It's hard to be the most talented guy in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, I think that that show, there's a real delicious sweet spot right in the middle. I think in the first season, it doesn't know what it's doing, and it's trying to find its footing, and Joel McHale is insufferable. Uh, and then everything congeals in the middle and it's beautiful and wonderful and they're firing at all their cylinders and then it sort of peters out for me uh to the point where i stopped watching it so i at some point i'll probably go and just do with like a redo all the way through um but there's there's perfection right in the middle there that i love i rewatch it all the time i've re in fact 
people put bloopers up on YouTube. I have inside jokes about the bloopers. With That's who? how myself. <laughs> that is inside. Like, sometimes I'll say things and then people will be like, what are you talking about? I'm like, okay, it's a reference to the season three bloopers of community. And God it's damn it. really confusing. That's for amazing. People. Just a, a tad bit. Yeah. Okay. I will go, uh, I'll see your community and I will raise you Steven Universe. Ah, that was almost on my list. Yeah. It was almost on my list. Well, I can't believe that it's not because it <laughs> may not only be one of the best things that was on television in the 2010s, it may be one of the best things that's, that has ever been on television. It is such a, a gorgeous piece of imagination about this, this young boy um, who finds that he is actually his mother. Um, wrapped around this fantasy superhero tale of these protectors of this beach city um, that gets into, you know, uh, um, uh, identity politics and and relationships and love and queer lifestyle and, you know, father-son relations mm. Um it's just such a magical trip. Um, do I think that at times the music was a little bit too much? Yeah, and a little, um, and a little sometimes a bit insufferable. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, I'm looking at the movie. Yes, that notwithstanding, the storytelling was fantastic. I was wrapped in. I I laughed. I cried. Yeah. I can't believe how stirred I was by this drama. Um, it was it was all that. When, how are you liking the new season? I do not watch uh, Steven Universe, what, future? Yeah, but it's still, it's still Steven Universe. Though. But it's, a, to me, and I think they mean for this to be, it is a separate show. So one, it is not a continuation of what has happened. It has moved on into the future, like years, years um, in the, into the future. And Steven Universe, the show, that pocket ended perfectly. And that was a perfect encapsulation of those characters for me. That's another one where it took me a little bit to get some footing. Uh, there's a 22 episodes in the first season, I think. Um, which I think no, 40 I think something. It's like, it's, yeah, it's like oh, it's 50. 50. It's like 52. Yeah. yeah. Because I was like, oh, it's like that many weeks in a year. Yeah. Um, but they're all mini. Right. They're, they're like 12 minutes. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So it took a little while to get going. But once I was in, I was in. Uh, I love that show 100%. I am behind. I have not caught up again because I am in Star Wars mode. So uh, eventually I will catch up. Um, but I, I love it. There have been times where I've been um, uh, emotionally moved. Mm -hmm. uh, there are some of the songs get stuck in my head. Yes, that's true. Some In my group of friends, someone would just be like, we... And then someone will pitch in, are the crystal gems. The theme song yeah. is one of the best theme songs ever. It's so good. It's so I, catchy. I like the music so much. When got me into the show in like 2018, mm -hmm. and it was in my Spotify top of the decade. Oh, <laughs> Some nice. of the songs. That's nice. That's how much I listen to them. Um, my number four is Avatar The Last Airbender, another animated series, uh, television show that... Um, started off as sort of a pastiche of a bunch of different manga and anime uh, made by Americans. Mm -hmm. And I, I know at first a lot of people kind of poo-pooed it because it was just, it's not actually anime, it's just an anime style. Um, it's sort of a ripoff, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think that that show is one of the all-time greatest cartoons of all time. And um, I can't recommend it highly enough. I'm on season two of Legend of Korra right now, which is the 100-year post-100-year follow-up to 
Avatar. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's a hundred years. It's a hundred years. Yeah. But his. Okay, she's the next Avatar, which happens every hundred years. So mm-hmm. give mm-hmm. or take. No, it doesn't. It was that Aang was in ice for a hundred years, but it's not a hun- every hundred. It's just when the Avatar dies, then a new one comes. Okay. Sorry, I just it's not. That's fine. <laughs> uh, I was under the impression that it was a hundred years later because everything is very different. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of technology now that was not around originally. Um, but anyway, highly recommended. I, I tell everyone to watch that show if they get a chance. I got to call a little bit of shenanigans on you, though. Tell me. Because Avatar, that last airbender, and I had to look it up to make sure because I'm pretty sure I was right, premiered in 2005. Yeah, but it didn't end in 2005. It did not end in 2010 either. When, when did it, it end? It ended in 2008. Oh. No, did it? Yes. Oh, oh, I knew it, it was in 2010. Yeah, I, I didn't think that it lasted that into, oh, the, into the 10s. I, well, now it, you get another one, JD. I approve your shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Well, you know what? Daredevil. Hmm. Net- okay. Netflix's Marvel Daredevil TV show. There's three seasons. All of them are equally amazing. Mm-hmm. The acting is great. The stories are great. The atmosphere, the music, everything about it is wonderful. It's one of my favorite comic book TV shows. Um, it takes itself seriously. Um, and I, I was on the edge of my seat every episode, especially for um, poor um, uh, Ben York. Oh, yeah. And for, um, oh, what's her name? Karen? Karen. Yeah. I was, I, because of how her character arc ends in the comics, mm-hmm. <coughs> I was like, oh, is this the episode where she goes? Right, right. So, you keep waiting for that. I'm yeah. waiting for it. Um, I love that show. I think it's great. You didn't even mention, the, um, or if you did, I missed it, the action in that, oh, in that show. It's groundbreaking. It's, it, yeah, yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Groundbreaking because after... What is it like? Episode one or two of Daredevil with, mm-hmm. with the hallway scene. Mm-hmm. Almost every show tried to have a hallway scene. Yep. Every because it is just phenomenal mm-hmm. action. And to be fair, it's not like that hadn't been seen before, even right. in television or in the movies. Um, I'm thinking about uh, a show on Cinemax. Banshee had uh, um, action that kind of like rivaled that. But to see that depicted in a superhero yeah. um, aspect, which is all you've been waiting for mm-hmm. in superhero, it's because as much as we love the Marvel movies, the 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 action in them was very much of the comic book, yeah. you know, cartoony action. Mm-hmm. This Daredevil was raw. Yeah, you know, you felt and and which felt real because Daredevil himself is just a blind guy. Yep. That's all, with his fists. That hurt. And you heard the crunches when mm-hmm. he was hitting people. Oh, Brutal. Phenomenal. Brutal. That's a good one. Is it? Is it my turn? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I just did two somehow. I said community, so we'll say Doctor Who. Of course. Uh, I have to think, I've talked about it enough on here, but yeah, I love Doctor Who. I love the... the just everything about it. I love the world and the universe that they build. I love the characters. I love everything. It's great. And it's continued to be great because it started in 2005 and it's now 2020 and it's still going. Mm. And it restarted like the in most 2020. recent Doctor Who? The most recent? There were Lady two Who? episodes <laughs> recently. Do you like Lady Who? She's good. The, the ser- Series 11 I didn't love so much. Mm. Series 12 has now had two episodes and I liked one of them. So, Who's your favorite <laughs> Who of the two... 2010s. Whomst is your who? Uh, I'd say my favorite doctor would be. What's him? <laughs> I'll say I'll say Matt Smith. 
And my favorite companion would be Rory. Okay. There we go. That's cool. That's right. that. Len. Okay. I have to give it up. And, you know, hey, look. It didn't end great. But for a long time there, Game of Thrones yeah. was Game of Thrones was it, man. Yeah. That was it, dog. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The ending was rough. It did not stick the landing at all. It skidded off the tarmac. I will be, <laughs> be perfectly honest with you. But the road there from the first season, the, the end of the first season, when you were like, what? They just killed off the like what you thought was the main character. Mm. And then as it built up, and especially as the show matured through its problematic beginnings with his depiction of women and oh, violence boy. against women yep. and, and all of the nudity. And as you saw the women in front of the camera and behind the camera grow in their stature and in their place of leadership within mm-hmm. that universe, and you could tell how that started to um, change the storytelling a bit, mm-hmm. it was just all that you it was the water cooler show of the decade for a long time even with its problematic end um or questionable end as you as you may say yes when it strayed away from its source material it, things got dicey but you just hoped they would write the ship and by then you were all in um yes Jon Snow had more lives than 10 cats yeah. put together, but you were still all in. Mm-hmm. Um, you just, you look, like I said, it, it was, it was all that. I was there. And looking back, I was there. Um, looking back at all of the characters and who I thought was going to be my favorite character and the favorite character arc, uh, I was surprised to find that my favorite is Sansa. Yes, Sansa. When she started off, I was like, oh, come, please, somebody just kick her off of something, onto something. Uh, just get rid of her. Yes. Um, and then finding her where she is at the end, yo. Which is what makes the ending, another thing that makes the ending just that much more, you know, like a, a sticking your crawl. Yeah. You know, because when, you know, uh, Tyrion gives his little soliloquy about, well, which of us has had the greatest story? You know, like, and then he's gonna go yeah. to a Broke Lake. I still Ron. like that part. People always get mad about that part, but it makes sense. No, it doesn't. He ha- he lived thousands of years technically. Like he has the memory of thousands of years. No, but what his his claim, Tyrion's claim, is that Bran has had Bran. the Bran has had the greatest story of all of us there. Right, and none of them has had the story or the arc that Sansa had. Yeah. because to JD's point, and and Sansa's story was right there in front of everybody. Most people didn't even know what was happening. Most of them did not know what was happening to Bran. All of a sudden, he came That's back, true. and he was a three-eyed raven. For all they know, he was sitting as a three-eyed raven throughout all of this. Sansa, they saw her start off as like this smart-ass kid who's married off to this jerk of a king, and now she is basically, for all intents and purposes, the hand running Winterfell. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So her story, which was done in real time before all of their eyes, that was the greatest story. Mm-hmm. And for Tyrion, who played a part in her story yeah. because he was married off to her, yep. to not see that was criminal. Yeah, I agree. Um... But I still love the show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that, yeah. <laughs> see, the, see. It, look at the emotions that yeah. it just welled up now. The the end of it did not ruin it for me. Uh, I still look back very fondly on that mm-hmm. show. It's not like you know. There's certain things where you watch the last season, you're like, oh shit, like Lost. Right. I right. think a, there's a little bit of a cloud over Lost now for me, even though I was in it to win it for most of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go with Breaking Bad. Oh yes. Which was I thought yes. when I when I clicked play uh, the very first time on the very first episode I saw uh, an image of what's his name from Malcolm in the Middle and he's he's got a he's got a button down shirt on and he's got his his boxers on not I'm sorry he's got his his whitey tighties yes right yes and he's holding yep, a gun and yep. I was like oh this looks like an absurdist comedy this looks like a like a fun romp and I watched the first episode and I went oh that that, that wasn't funny at all mm-hmm. um and to watch this character who you root for through most of the show slowly become a bastard just a villain uh what's the face i was i'm surprised because this whole time you've expressed disinterest in things where like the main character is like the villain so i'm surprised i'm I'm surprised about this no i have expressed displeasure at people who are just bad for bad sake if there is a Mm. character arc where we are led down an evil path Mm. then i'm more likely to go in i don't want to just hang out with people who are shitty just to be shitty um but if i can hang out with um what was his name oh jesse no no the other guy oh um um, walter white walt white right yeah if i can hang out with walter white where he means well and he's got cancer and he's trying to support his family and then all of a sudden by the end not all of a sudden slowly But but by the end he's just evil yeah, um, he's a villain. That, that's a character arc. Um, yeah, that's an arc I, and a half. I'm yeah. not interested in, in villains who are just villains to be villains. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Brandon. Mine, my next one is, there's a, they're so great, Halt and Catch Fire. Oh, okay. I love that show. When I first watched it, I was like, this is okay. I, it only, like I watched it as it was coming out, and after the first season, I was like, this is okay. I don't know if I'm going to come back. And then I did. And I watched the second season. I'm like, this is okay. Don't know if I'm going to come back. And then I didn't come back until after the show had ended. And once I watched it all through, it was it was such a great show. And had so many like really emotional and deep moments. And like I really got emotionally attached to all of the characters and all of the things they went through. And yeah, I just I really love that show. Now, what's the story of that show? Doesn't it have to do like the with the beginning of like the. Computers? It's the beginning of a lot of things, yeah. It's that these characters kind of stumble upon the like creating a lot of like world changing things, but they always kind of get sniped world at the last second. Technology, yeah. Like they they decide they want to make a computer because they want to make like the best computer, and they end up making like the first laptop, and it even has a um like an AI type thing to it. Not obviously not an advanced one, but like right. if you type in, it'll like it can like talk to you and stuff. Mm. But then they end up having to take that out of it because it, like, makes it run too slow or something. And then, like, IBM ends up having found their, like, designs and creates it before them. So then they don't – they're not the first to make it. And then, like, the next season, I think, is something similar. And so it's a lot of stuff like that where, like, they keep – but they still go on the quest of, like, creating the stuff. So you still see, like, what it would would take to, like – 
create something that has never been created before and like the creativity and ingenuity that goes into that and so that's yeah that's really cool about it all right uh, my next what, what number are we up to uh, three three okay good cool. <laughs> all right um, it, yeah. m- next one is a very slept on show but it is a show worth revisiting and I think it rewards on rewatching oh it is a little show from Canada called Degrassi Orphan Black <laughs> oh yeah Orphan Black which tells the story of one woman who and it's given away fairly early in the in the show finds out that she is a clone um and then hijinks ensue and and, and I hijinks is not really the right word um shenanigans shenanigans knuckle pussy <laughs> There's a little bit of that as well. <laughs> yeah. um, it stars Tatiana Maslany, who, and I and I mean stars, because she plays probably seven different characters in this show. In this first season alone. And yes. they introduce more. And each of them are decidedly 100% different from the other. Um, it is a great, great show um, that I enjoyed actually... Um, Rewatching uh, because it, it, I think it only ran for like about maybe five or six seasons, um, in the middle of of the decade. But it was it was stellar um, science fiction, drama, mystery, um, puzzle pieces being put together. Um, it was just it was just just good and slept on. Um, yep. And, yeah. and for me, for my money, Tatiana Maslany could have won the Emmy for Best Actress in a Television Production every year of this show. Yeah. yeah. Is that good? Yeah. I, I wish she eventually did win one, though. I tried. Uh, I, I watched maybe the first episode, and it, I just for whatever reason, it didn't land with me, so I didn't mm-hmm. continue with it. Um, but I'll go back to it. Yeah. It's good. I always liked it. Um, it aired its first season aired on BBC America after Doctor Who, so I happened to see it because of that, and I stuck with it for like two or three seasons, and I really liked it, and I just never got back to finishing it, but nice. I did really like it. Yeah. Uh, we're going to number twos now. Yes. Fleabag. Ah, I, I, I was going to go there, but I wanted to save it for you. Amazon Prime's uh, TV show from uh, Phoebe. Waller, Waller Bridge. Bridge. Yes. Thank you for that. Uh, yep. I knew it was something, something, something. <laughs> Phoebe Waller Bridge, and um, she—it's based on, I believe, a play mm-hmm. that she has put on, and then like, she got a deal to make a TV show, and it's only two seasons. It's uh, it's listed as a tragic comedy, which I'd never heard of as a genre, but uh-huh. it is absolutely a tragic comedy. Yes. It is a hard watch at some points. It's uh, very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, very funny, little irreverent, little silly, um, very emotional at times. Yes, uh, the work that she does is outstanding, uh, but it feels fresh and innovative, and it keeps me on my toes. Yes, um, uh, I can't recommend this show highly enough. It, it's, I, I wasn't sure if I should put it on here because it is only two seasons, and there's things like Breaking Bad, which is like lots of seasons, and Game of Thrones, which is lots of seasons. But this is all you really need. Like I would watch a third season. But the way it wrapped up in season two, mwah, she be fine kiss. if there's not a third season. Because I don't yeah. know, I don't know if there is supposed to be a third season. Or no, no, she said that was it. I'm just gonna do two seasons and I'm done. Um, but God bless the British. I know, right? They know when to stop. Yes. Um, unlike us, Jesus. 
Um, I mean, she could come back though. I think she said she was done after season one, and then oh yeah, because they, they were like money at her? three years between that one. Oh, um, but it's also led me to other shows because she's involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, Killing Eve yes. is another very good show. Very good. Um, and I'm actually kind of excited for 007 now that I know that she's behind it. She's mm-hmm. one of the writers or something. Yeah, I think she's, I, she's playing some part in it. Oh, is she actually in the film too? No, I think she's playing some part in. Oh, the oh, in the production of the show. How? Um, yeah, yeah, she's great. Yeah. Oh, and I loved her in Solo. Yes. As the robot. Yes, another another droid that didn't have to die. Yeah. Yes, she, she was great. One of the best things about that uh, movie. Mm-hmm. Which, which, she's so good in Solo that it makes you mad because, spoiler alert for Solo, they take her essence. Oh, it's so scary. And put it into the Millennium Falcon. And you throw away with her voice. Yeah, she's gone. She's gone. trapped forever. It's it's a character whose entire uh, reason for being um, is to free robots. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this whole slavery allegory. Allegory? Metaphor? Mm-hmm. Whatever. One of those. And um, she herself becomes trapped, voiceless, in a machine. That's what she gets. Oh my god! <laughs> Brutal. I don't. Uh, I, I've never really liked that concept. It was which way? The concept of robots wanting to free themselves. Why? Because they're created for like it's not like slavery. It's like these are human beings who you are forcing to do something. It's like these are people. These are things that were created for things. Yeah. You know what else? These things were created to feel pain. Well, yeah, just don't then don't do that. That's like I'm fine if you're like let's take away the pain. Then sure, yeah. but to make them not work, then it's like well then why create them to begin with? Well, I mean, it's that's the whole question, isn't it? Of you know what yeah. is what is you know AI and what is um, consciousness and yeah. what makes you you and yeah, I never really like the age old question. You don't like that question in general. I don't like it. <laughs> um, so anyway, there we go. Fleabag, Phoebe Waller Bridge, good one. It's great. And revisit it, ladies and gentlemen, because it's two seasons. It's two six-episode seasons. Yeah. I can, oh, that's it? Yeah. There's only 12 episodes there's 12, total? There's 12 shows yeah. oh, total. Snap. And it's like half an hour, I think, right? Yep. Yeah. Wow. I remember I watched the whole thing in like two hours. Like, each one was like two hours. Holy cats. I, I, but it's so that's good. Flat, yeah. Even having watched all of it, I, I totally forgot that it was that short. But it, it's, a, it's a full meal. Yeah, for me. sure. My next one is... Wait, number ones? No, twos. Oh shit! You you just gave your two, so now, so now we're at two. ones. Okay. No, I think no, no. He's he was first, and he gave his two. So now okay, so my we're two still and at your twos. Two. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Um, you're Agents right, of Shield is mine. Agents of Shield, it's so great. All right. I was looking at JD's uh, game cabinet back there, and I saw Lash, and it reminded me of the season of Agents of Shield where Lash is in it. La- and I don't I, know who Lash is. He's I don't really know honestly. But <laughs> <laughs> I see the show has done a really good job at catching well, up on its characters. I know who he was in the show. Oh, I just don't okay. know who he is in the comics. I got gotcha. um, He's the guy. Is he the guy who um, he had like a ponytail and he had a couple of whips? No, right. maybe. But in in Agents of Shield, you thinking about Iron Man? Iron Man two? <laughs> no, no. Oh no, I think I, I don't know. What he he's about. a blue and he has a like he kind of looks like a porcupine. Okay. So he's really cool and the whole show is just great and seeing the character development of all of those characters from where they start out to now is amazing. Just seeing Sky go from being a hacker in her van to a badass superhero and seeing Coulson go from being like the Shield like Wrangler uh-huh. to 
whatever's going on with him now i'm not going to spoil it but it's been it's been a crazy ride and so to go with all those characters through it has been great I will say a show that is a show that grew on me because I was not into the first season. I yeah, the first season was rough. I did not like that show at all. Um, but then it grew on me, and slowly and surely, I thought, okay, it's a fun little show. It's mm-hmm. a fun little show. I, I, I rock with it. I tried. <laughs> I, know you I tried, man. I, I'm on still on season two with the Inhumans. Get the fuck. I don't care about you. <laughs> okay, well, that's, yeah. Yeah, but it, 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 it it grows, it's a quirky little show. Yeah. It's a quirky little it's show. It's one of those shows that. that I really wanted to like because it was involved with the Marvel Universe and oh my God, it's going to it's gonna be involved with all the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. It's, there's going to be tie-ins and characters are going to go back and forth. And then, um, boy, could you feel the budget. Uh, yeah, you could feel the TV true. budget. That's true. Breaking through. That was rough. But um, I'm wondering if maybe if I just skip season two and all the inhuman stuff that I adamantly hate. I thought I didn't like it. I think I hate it. Um, and rightfully so. It's so annoying. But I think I think if you do skip it, because I think it's three. around the third, because it's actually the second half of season two is when it starts to get better, and yeah. then in season three, it, it gets better. Don't get me wrong. You're not, <laughs> you know, stellar TV is not right. waiting for okay. you. Well, it's not but Daredevil. I disagree. But better TV okay. is that. No, it's not Daredevil. I would argue the... Season four with Ghost Rider is better than season two of Daredevil. Wow! With the, ele- with, all the, right. with the Electra stuff and everything. No, it's not. I don't, I don't think season two of Daredevil is that great. Oh, I loved it. Season two of Daredevil is Punisher. Punisher. No, it's and, Punisher and, and Electra. Uh, Electra. Yeah, yeah. Pun- Punisher and Electra. It's not. I think if, the Punisher if, stuff's great. I think the Electra stuff's not so great. True. I'll give you that. Of the, you know the Electra stuff, which uh, ends season two of Daredevil it's not as great as the first half yeah. but that first half with the Punisher is better than anything that happens in season four of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm, Daredevil is just that good <laughs> Daredevil look look I mean dog. listen look dog season two I, of Daredevil you, is the only one I've rewatched. like I like it I just feel that season four of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is better that's cool okay is that because of uh, the first three seasons of S.H.I.E.L.D. or is, can I just jump to season four no I mean, I Which think part? you would need to watch two at least because that introduces a lot of stuff with Sky and everything because oh, she is yeah. an inhuman. So yeah, yeah, I know that. And I know her dad's the sweaty guy from yeah. um, Twin Peaks. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's all about Sky with him. That's right. why. Right. That's why. I don't and find her all not, that engaging. It's not better than there. You don't know her that well yet. That's true. I don't. It's true. Um, she, she, she ain't gonna grow on you like that. Number two. No, she really is not. Yeah, no. I don't think. I don't know <laughs> if they can good. hear you. She's good, but she's not gonna grow on you like that. She's not my favorite of the show, honestly. You you said that. I didn't say that. I really like the Fitzsimmons. Yeah, they're my favorite. Yeah. They're my yeah, favorite. They, they're the ones. They're that, the ones you, you stick who, with. The ones that, yeah, yes. they're the only ones I think have any personality whatsoever. Absolutely. Especially what was his name? Ward. Fuck out of here. Ward's oh. great. <laughs> Wonderbread the character. Uh, Jesus. Ward's amazing. Well, he does have an arc. Though. Okay, all right. I'll give good. you that. All right, he all does right. have an arc. What's your number two? Len? I freaking forgot. <laughs> um, okay. There's so many honorable mentions. I see here going through my head, but I got I to gotta go. I got to give it up for Star Trek Discovery. Whoa! Man, look. All right. Look, Star Trek Discovery, like, I didn't think I was, I was very iffy on it. On this return to Star Trek, because I'm a big, I'm not a, I'm not a Trekkie, but I'm definitely a Trekker. Mm-hmm. Wait, Love what? myself some Star Trek. One who treks. Wait, you're not a Trekkie? No, a Star Trekkie is like, like you are with Doctor Who. That's yeah. what a Trekkie is. Yeah. 
a trekker. I just assumed you were that into Kennedy Star Trek. Is, is a Trekkie. She's a Trekkie. Yeah. yeah, I'm a Trekker. I just really, really, really like Star Trek. Yeah. Um, but Star Trek Discovery, it, it and especially I didn't like it because it was the whole idea that they were. It was taking place in the past, and it was taking place in this like this ten year gap, ten years before the original series. So I'm like, oh wow, like you're going that far back. But look, man, I was in. Talk about first of all, the CBS. God bless you. Y'all got some money, and y'all yeah. spent it all on Star Trek. That is a show that you can't see the budget on. That doesn't feel like a TV show. Like that show looks yes. like almost like a movie. Yes. Um, the storytelling was rock on. Sonequa Martin Green, who I loved in The Walking Dead, but she stepped into this show, said, "I am the leading woman, and hear me roar." And like I'm listening to you, sister, you are roaring your butt off. Um, Doug Jones is great in this. Oh yeah, in this show. Uh, everything about it is just spot on. The first season has a twist that. Some people, including my show mission partner, Vince, saw it coming. I never saw it coming and totally blew my mind. Oh, wow. Uh, and, well, I'm getting excited. And then I was just, I was in for the rest of, rest of the show. Um, and then season two, which stepped back into more classic Star Trek storytelling, yet was still every bit just as good. Um, it was great. And then ends where finally they're taking it where I wanted to see the series go, I am there. It it is fantastic. People, if you are a Star Trek fan, you are doing yourself a disservice. I know everybody's because Picard's coming back and I'm excited about that. But that is still giving you something that you're familiar with. You know, like, mm. oh yeah, I'm going back to the to my friends and next generation. And that's cool. But look, they're gonna be so much older and grayer. It's not gonna be what you think it is. Go to Star Trek Discovery. You will not be disappointed. N you, nobody I'm surprised it's still on because I haven't heard anyone talking about it. Well, be, that's because it's on CBS All Access. And if you are not a subscriber to that, you are not watching it. And to be fair, I don't think that that is um, people are running to CBS to, you know, the people that are big streamers, you know, right. are not running to CBS all, all access saying, well, I need to add And that it doesn't on. have much, I don't think. Yeah, like if you're not, I don't think it has a lot of original stuff that streamers right. would want. Right, it, it has a few things, and to be fair, the, the few things that it have Are good. have been critically acclaimed. Star yeah. Trek Discovery, um, I think um, their sequel to The Good Wife, which is called, I think, like The Good Firm or something like that. Um, that's gotten um, good pub. Jordan the, Peele's... The Good Fight. Is, is it The Good Fight? The, yeah. Is that what it's called? Um, Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone is on there. So there so there are things on there that have been, are well received. It's just that when you hear the name CBS, you're not thinking of that's a streaming service that yeah. I need to lock on. Never lock on to. So that's why it doesn't get the pop yeah. that it probably deserves. Um but trust me, it is, it is all that. All if right. you're in other countries though, the thing is, is that in other countries it's available on their Netflix. Oh. So it it is getting it's play. Good, good. Um, Watchmen. Hmm. Yeah. Watchmen. Yeah. Uh, it is brand new, so uh, I feel weird putting it on <clears throat> my list, but uh, yo. 
<laughs> I heard that they were making a show, and it was going to be Damon Lindelof, and I had already talked about Lost a little bit earlier, and mm-hmm. I was like, ah, all right, we'll see how this goes. And it's based on a, one of the greatest graphic novels of all time, which we've already seen a subpar movie made out of, and I went, oh, here we go. I guess we'll see how this goes. And then I saw how it went, and it was dope. Uh, from episode one, I was locked in. Uh, it was a completely different thing. I didn't know what I was getting into, really. I wasn't quite sure. This is, I guess it's a, se- I guess this is a sequel, right? Yeah, yeah. it's a sequel. Okay, yeah, yeah cool. Yeah, yeah, Here we yeah, go. Yeah. All right, because uh, you know we start off in the 1920s. Yes. Um, with a very big event, which I had never even heard of, shamefully enough. Um, so I didn't realize it was a real event that they were referencing. So finding that out was something and um that was my own ignorance but um yeah man as the story goes i keep going how are they gonna wrap this up in nine episodes what the how is that possible and then they did it yes and i'm i'm done i'm good granted if it comes back out i'll continue watching it (laughs) but as it is solid i the one solid season done let it go yep it's great yes nigh perfect Yes, and it, it that is the best superhero comic book thing I saw on television. Yeah, so uh, saw on television. Better it, than Daredevil. Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. It, it, just yeah. checking. Oh crap. Yeah, Watchmen was just just blew my freaking mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and to think that they got it spot on that it fits in the tone of the original graphic novel, um, right down to its storytelling, mm-hmm. feels. Like there are definitely comic book aspects of it, um, and yet still showed me something new. Yeah. Oh, it is just and the acting in that from Regina King to Jeremy Irons, mm. uh, Yahya Abdul Mateen, um, Gina Smart, Gina Smart. Uh, oh my God, man, just a fantastic. The show. only thing I would change, given my druthers, is. Uh, what is her name? Lori. Lori's hair. Gina Smart. Lori's hair. Gene Smart. Oh, her, Gene Smart. Her hair? Her hair. Okay. Did you, did you ever see, um, there's something about Mary? Yes. Where she puts the gel in her hair? Yes. That's all I could think of. <laughs> She's got such a big, she has such a swoop. She's got a Conan O'Brien comical swoop yeah, I, happening. I, I, I hear you. I was like, oh, just, just do something else. That is. That has nothing to do with anything. I just right. one of the only things that like every time she's on screen, I'm like, could you just fix your hair? Just come on. <laughs> um, other than that, perfection. Loved it. Yeah, you're right. That's oh, and one. and what's her? Oh, ah, uh, True. Oh, Lady True. One of my favorite characters of the year. Watching mm-hmm. her, I didn't know what was going on with her, and you know, I, nope. I wasn't sure like where she was coming from or how. Uh, and, yeah, she kept me on my toes, man. I liked watching her. She she was eating up the scenes. Yes. Yeah. Mine is um, it's a little different. Uh, mine would be mine would be Greek. Oh, uh, all right. I, I was I looked it up and it ended in 2011. So I'm counting. <laughs> okay. No, you should. It yeah, started it in like 2007. But I remember Greek for me was like the first like grown up show because I was seeing trailers for it when I would watch Boy Meets World reruns because I was in like middle school when that show came out and it was in college and it was like, oh, look at all these people partying and making out and drinking and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is, this is, this is the grown up stuff. <laughs> so I would, and I had, I would watch it on ABC Family's website because I didn't want my mom knowing I was watching this. There's, there's certain adult shows, you know, it's on right? ABC Family. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so, yeah, I just, I love that show. And I, I rewatched it in high school when I was definitely older and not 
not as naive, but I mm. still really liked it. I liked the character development of the characters. Cool. Cuz it's about um a nerdy kid who goes to college and decides he wants to join a fraternity. And there's a bunch of different ones. There's the like really prestigious one where it's like you join this one, you're going to you're going to get brothers for life and you're going to get good connections when you graduate. And then there's the one that just parties a lot. And he was thinking about joining either one and then this is in the first episode, so you can it's not really a spoiler, but the head of the prestigious one is dating his sister and he catches him cheating on his sister. So he's like, oh. well, can't join that one. And the head of the rowdy one actually used to date his sister and now hates the other guy. Mm. So he joins the rowdy one and then it's a rivalry for like the whole like four seasons of the show. I tuned out at um, <laughs> the, uh, the cheating. No, no. Um, the beginning. The thing where you pay people to be your friends. I don't I don't know. Greek, the whole thing of the show. It's a... Oh, fraternity. Fraternity. You don't... Eh. You lost me at fraternity. <laughs> I, I feel... I've never that's a whole different conversation. I feel like that's... Anyway. How, why do you say you pay people to be your friend? Don't you have to pay dues to be in there? You pay dues for a lot of things. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think you're paying them to be your friend, though. Okay. I'm not at all... I feel, like it's, one of those either, I feel like it's one of those things where like, if you're not in it, you don't know much... You don't know enough about it. That's but true. Yeah. Nice job. All right, it's a good one. Yeah. Nice. Nice one, Greek. I wanted to say when you brought up Watchmen, I almost said Doom Patrol, but I don't oh. think it's had enough time quite yet. Yeah, it hasn't grabbed me that much yet. Um, I'm going to say I'm glad you said Watchmen because I was like, um, I wanted to give love to a couple of other shows, but I yeah. was like, but I got to say Watchmen. Yeah. So I'm glad you took that off. Okay, good. Yeah. Whew. So cool. So now. I can show some love. And then I was like, all right, well, which of these two do I want to give love to? But you did Fleabag, which I f- think my one show fits kind of like in that realm. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to go there. And I'll go to my other oh. show, which is Atlanta. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, you know, I'll see your community. But Donald Glover's Atlanta? Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, man. That's a good show. That is That is just a quirky sensational look at uh, black life to mm-hmm. me. Um, um, black masculinity, um, black romance, black politics, um, all through an interesting uh, lens. Uh, it's been two seasons, but it's been two seasons of very, very eclectic television um, producing um, and writing. Yeah, it takes Donald some turns. Glover. Yes, it does, and you do not see them coming um, from characters who you can you do not believe that you are rooting for. Mm-hmm. You know this 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 guy who is basically just a. He's not a bum, but he's just not not really doing anything. Like, a, yeah, um, just kind of like shuffling on, along. But but he lucks onto being a manager of his of his uh, rapper cousin, who has like a little bit of a local following, and them trying to see how to like you know turn it into to, something, turn that into something, take that to the next level. And you think that's all the show is about, but then it becomes about so much more um and you like i said it takes turns you never see coming but you're rewarded for every turn that it takes nice um and it, it introduces you to so many so much great actors from byron tyree and henry to um uh latif stansfield uh, zazie beats um 
just just good work. Uh, and I, I I'm sitting on bended knee, waiting for the world's busiest man in Hollywood to just return for season mm-hmm. three. Great show. Yeah, I'm on season one. Um, I think I, I the last episode we watched was uh, the one where it takes a turn. Um, it's like a car commercial. Oh yeah, it get weird as hell. Um, but yeah, it'd be weird if like a show that isn't known for that just suddenly put a commercial in. Who would do that? <laughs> Who would like pitch like a chicken r- restaurant all of a sudden? Oh, us. It was us. We did that. Oh, that was the joke. I know you did. I, did. I was actually trying to remember the theme song because I was going to jump into yeah. it. But I can't remember. It's Brandon's chicken and something. I don't even know. <laughs> Brandon's chicken and gizzard. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Atlanta. That's another show that, like, every time it comes up, I'm like, man, I gotta sit and watch more of that show. Mm-hmm. And then I forget. Because you know great. what? What's it on? Is it Hulu? Hulu? Was well, available on Hulu? It's a, uh, it broadcasts on uh, FX. That is, I don't have FX. I have Hulu, and that is an app that I rarely go into. It's just for whatever reason. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I'll click on Netflix. I'll click on HBO. I'll click on. Um, Shutter, um, but like Hulu, I gotta be like, oh right, I got a Hulu account. I gotta click on what's on what's on Hulu, um, and then for whatever reason, it's not, it doesn't come up, so I forget it's even in there. Yeah, right. You know yeah, what you I mean? Gotta, you gotta actively so search. For I gotta it. like remember to do it and then go get it. So that's a great show from what I've seen, though. I really like uh, yeah. what I've done. Uh, is that it? Did we do it? I, just before, before we get into the top comics, which I think is going to the last thing, and I think is going to be pretty quick. Can we just give one honorable mention a piece for a movie and a television show? Sure. We'll start with you, JD. What's that honorable mention movie? Well, Lynn, I'm so glad you asked me, and I was totally prepared to answer this. Um, I, I, I wasn't sure between Django Unchained and Hateful Eight. Mm-hmm. Um, I love me some Quentin Tarantino, as derivative as some of it may be. Um, but I think I got to give it to Hateful Eight because of the extended edition, which are now four episodes on Netflix. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I went and saw it in the theater. Um and there was there was um it was like some sort of experience it was like uh was it 40 something millimeter experience hmm. um was it 44 millimeter what's what's the hell 24 i don't know it's a movie thing I, i'm not i'm not a big like movie screen or you know right. film rate kind of guy uh but anyway it was like shot in a specific camera setting blah 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 i don't give a shit um but what it did is it uh, they gave you a a booklet Mm-hmm. Like as if you were going to uh, see an actual show, like okay, a Broadway like a program. Show. And then there was an intermission, and everything. Well, because it's a long movie, you could go out to the, you know, get let's all go to the, the lobby. lobby. And uh, and I gotta say, the end was a little too brutal, even for me. Like I was a little yeah. uncomfortable with yeah. the way one of those characters uh, yeah. goes out. Mm-hmm. But um, and I also thought I found it very masturbatory. Yes. As far as Quentin Tarantino goes, he sure likes to write dialogue, and I was like, I don't know about all this, but I have watched that movie maybe five times since. Really? Uh, I just, I, I can sit and spend time with those characters, and again, the dialogue presented by those actors is so perfect that I, I just like sitting there and watching them do their work, so a lot of it is just the craft of acting and screenwriting for me, but... um the fact that they broke it up, they extended it and and put deleted scenes back in and made it into four separate episodes on on Netflix, it, it made it an even more interesting experience. Um, hmm. So yeah, man, I, I love me uh, most of all of 
Quentin Tarantino's films, I would say minus Jackie Brown and minus Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I just unabashedly love the rest of his work. Wow, you weren't a, a fan of Jackie Brown? It's fine. Oh, wow. And it's, it's one of those ones that I was like, you know what? I just didn't get it at the time. I'm going to go back and revisit it. And still, I'm like, no, this is, this is fine. Okay. Um, yeah. But that, that's my honorable mention. Yeah. All right. Brandon? Mine? It's between two, and I think I'm going to go with Crazy Stupid Love. Oh. Because I just really like that movie. I mean, it was between two rom-coms. I just had to think which one. <laughs> um, and I say I love that movie. And it was a surprise because like, I saw it and I thought it was going to be just like okay. Because I don't really like anthology movies. Because in general, I honestly don't love movies that much. Mm. And so I just don't think we have enough time with the characters. And so with this movie, I was like, it's an anthology. We have even less time because it's a bunch of different stories. Mm -hmm. But they all came together in a really good way. And I think they all told quaint, like short, quiet stories. But they told them fully, which I really enjoyed. So, yeah. You know how you say you listen to what people read and watch and you wonder what it tells them about a person? Mm -hmm. What is your list, Brandon, of all these rom-coms Tell us about you. I like you. romantic stuff. Yeah. It's really sweet. You're so cute. Yeah. I know, I am cute. I'm cute as a button. Oh, Buddha. <laughs> Len? My honorable mention is... It's a man's movie this time. <laughs> as opposed to mine. Roadhouse. Cute stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie called Dick. No. <laughs> uh, which I actually did see that movie and that wasn't a bad movie um, but no um, what kind my, of movies are you watching what? hey <laughs> uh, my honorable mention is Black Panther hmm. because Black Panther was a cultural experience to see the first you know probably prominent um, black superhero um, depicted in you know IMAX on the screen it was like the must see movie of what 2015 2016 no, it was very recent because we said the same thing before yeah uh, whenever it came out um, there were people having parties to go see that movie like 2018 20, wow 2018 <laughs> wow um, but it was it, it it was great, and the world building in that in that film was great. It was cool that you know this film was standalone in a way in this whole epic saga that Marvel was piecing together, yet was still a very integral part of the saga in and of itself. Um, to see so many beautiful brown shades depicted in. <laughs> in that way on screen um it was just it was just all that I, and and also another really good soundtrack fantastic soundtrack fantastic soundtrack um so yeah black panther definitely definitely honorable mention so our honorable mentions for tv yes now we're honorable mentions for television and we will once again start with jadles stranger things Okay. I like me all three seasons of Stranger Things. Three? 
Yes. Three seasons of Stranger Things. Uh, <laughs> and apparently they're working on season four now. Um, that I've, It was born in just the right time for this to hit all of my nostalgia buttons. And yeah. yes, I understand it is a nostalgia button hitting machine. Yes, it is. Uh, that's, that's all it's there for. And it works well. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the music, the just the font that they picked, the Stephen <laughs> King-esque font, um, sort of the tropes that a lot of Stephen King and 80s kids on bikes adventures yes um it takes my favorite things right so those are my two favorite subgenres: horror kids on bikes having adventures <laughs> there's I, ever since goonies i've just loved kids on bikes having adventures uh it's just something that speaks to me it, it really speaks of childhood to me because i spent so much time riding around on my bikes with my friends going um riding our bikes into the woods to just see if we can get lost or see what we can find um it's something that I've always really enjoyed, and everything about this hits it out of the park. The characters are really fun and interesting, the adults and the kids. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the adults are having, they're part of one subgenre, and then the kids are part of another subgenre, and then they all meet in the middle. So much fun, uh, especially this last one with the gore effects on the monster. The, the Demogorgon or whatever the thing was called. Yeah, disgusting. I loved it. My turn? Yeah. Uh, before I say this, I'm just going to say, honestly, some of these just are shows that came to mind like that, uh, that sure. I really like. Sure. But I don't, like, looking back, would I say something else if I had more time to think about it? Maybe. But Chuck. Ah. Which is, Chuck. I love this show. Chuck started in 2007. When did and it when end? When did it end? 2012. There you go. It counts. Did it last five years? Wow. He's, that was yeah. Chasm, right? Hmm? Yeah. Levi, Levi. Zachary Levi. Thank yeah. you. It's, I just, I really like Chuck. It's such a great story it talks about. It has, like, his family's great. His friends are great. Sarah's great and gorgeous and wonderful. And I oh, love her. Oh, oh gosh. And <laughs> the table's raising. <laughs> but both of, like, their relationship. What else are we learning about? <laughs> <laughs> their relationship in the show is really good. And I just, yeah, I love his development over the show. Um, it has a uh, 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 Superman. What's his name? Brendan Routh. Yeah, he's in it for a season, which is great. Mm-hmm. The whole, yeah, I just, I really love that show. Also, Zachary Levi is in the Ms. Maisel. Yes, Ooh, he is. Two. Yes, and he returns yeah. for season three. Oh, does he? And nice. it's, it's it's great when he returns. <laughs> Black Mirror. Ah. Yes, Black Mirror. Um, I am a huge. Twilight Zone fan. I'm I'm a fan of like a, as a verse to you, Brandon. I do like a good anthology series. So mm. I love uh, Twilight Zone. I love the old Alfred Hitchcock presents, which were like mysteries. Did you like Tales from the Crypt? It was hit or miss. Okay. I like the idea of it, but yeah. I thought in execution it was hit or miss. Okay. Uh, as well as any of the Twilight Zone reboots that have happened, including, unfortunately, Jordan Peele's mm. um, reboot. Um, but I think that for this, for the 21st century, Black Mirror is like the perfect amalgamation of, you know, sci-fi anthology, but with a 21st century aesthetic because it's dealing with technology, dealing with screens mm-hmm. primarily. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought the the original, you know, British, you know, Black Mirror was just spot on yeah. and just like took me places that I didn't know I would go and introduced me. That was where I was first introduced to Daniel Kaluuya on um, Black Mirror. Oh, on the, the bikers. Yeah. Right? The- 
Um, and, and just starting with the like the first the first Black Mirror, where it's all it's just something interesting with a pig, and that's all yeah. I wanted to yeah. say. Which, uh, unbeknownst to the public, became an actual thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it was just really spot on. And then when I heard that Netflix was going to pick up the show, you know, a few years down the line, I was like, oh, man, can they recreate the magic? And, yo, they did. They did. And they did not miss a beat um, with now a better budget. Yeah. Um, and the storytelling has just been just as smart, just as touching. Maybe and we got a groundbreaking yeah. Movie out of it. Yeah, you've got a whole like like you know uh, experience. Bandersnatch. Yeah, Bandersnatch. Um, yeah, Black Mirror is is some good stuff. That's a good one. Um, I really like that. Uh, the the only thing I would say is that I wonder if it's reaching its limitations with its theme in that it, everything is technology is bad. Um, I, I wish that there was a a wider scope of things stories they could tell besides. Technology is evil, because um, after a while, I'm starting to like. All right, I get it. I get but it. it's not. They're, they're not always technology is evil. Well, my favorite episode isn't technology is evil, um, which I can never have. San, San, oh, San Junipero. Yeah, San Junipero. I've never seen the show. I loved it so much yeah. that I watched it immediately after it ended. Because it is. I so turned good. it right back on. Such a touching it, show. Um, I'm pretty sure one of the girls in that is from is in Halt and Catch Fire. Oh, dope. Yeah, nice. yeah, but there's a few there's a few episodes that when technology is not evil. Okay, it's it, it, uh, more often than not, technology is not evil. It's what we do with it. Yeah, it's what that's true. we do. Another one of my favorites is was it Domhnall Gleeson? Is that his name? Domhnall Gleeson, yeah. From um, yeah, from About Time about and time. Yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, another one of my favorites. It's him and um, oh oh um, Peggy Carter. Oh. um... Kelly Atwell. Yes. Yeah, that's another favorite of mine. And that's not technology is evil either. Yeah. That's just dealing with grief. And that was wonderful. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. A little creepy, but beautiful. Yep. Um, all right. Comics? Comics. Favorite comics of the 2010s. Uh, mine are mostly runs of books. Oh, yeah. Mine are mostly re-releases of books. <laughs> it's like, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, I'm going to start off with Jason Aaron's Thor. Oh, you would. I would do it. And I did do it just now. It's happening right now. When? Now. Um, so, uh, I don't care about Thor. He's not a character I've ever liked. I thought he was very charming in the movies. I like all like one in three of the movies. And um, as far as like a long-running guy, I just would never sit for too long and read a long-form Thor story. Uh, even JMS's, which I thought was really strong to start, kind of petered out for me. Right. And Jason Aaron's Thor loved it. He created the Jane Foster Thor. He mm -hmm. created Gore, the God Butcher. Yep. Um, he just wrapped it up last month with King Thor, so it's been going for six or seven years now. Mm -hmm. uh, the War of Realms, which it should have petered out before then, but it was even it was still going strong with War of Realms. So good. Highly recommend it to anyone who likes Thor. The only problem is, is that it's seven years of comics. Yeah. They're just starting to release, you know, Jason. Aaron's Thor complete collection. And there's so probably like going to be like 20 of those. Right, right. Um, but they're great. I love them. Brandon. My first one is, what do you all know it? Gwenpool. Hey. It's great. Hey. It's wonderful. It's perfect. I love it. It's um, 
It's irreverent. It's sweet. I love it. I don't know what else to say about it that hasn't Who's already Gwen been Poole? said before. Gwen. P- <sighs> She's not Deadpool. She's not female Deadpool. She has nothing to do with Gwen Stacy. Stop talking about it. Listen. <laughs> She's a girl from our universe named Gwendolyn Poole. And so, yeah, Gwen Poole, if you shorten it. And she comes to the Marvel Universe and she realizes, she knows, because she's a comic book fan, she knows that bystanders don't do so well in that universe. So she becomes, she gets herself a costume and becomes, at first she becomes a mercenary and then she kind of becomes a hero. And yeah, it's her, her, um, her adventure through the Marvel Universe. And it's wonderful and sweet. I do have to say, after being inundated uh, uh, with requests by you to pick up this comic book, that I finally picked it up last year, and I do have to concur, it is indeed a very, very fun read. I've I've enjoyed it a great deal. So, well done. I, you know, once again, tip my hat to you, Brandon. Why, thank you. Gwenpool is... It's a nice hat you got there. Well, I, I, I do like a nice haberdashery. Mine is Batwoman. Batwoman! Specifically yes. Batwoman Elegy, right? Well, specifically Batwoman Elegy because that was the start of, mm. like... The Batwoman. Of the Batwoman as, as I know her. I know yeah. that wasn't her introduction. Yeah. Right. It's introduced, I think, in New 52. But yep. you mean Greg Rucker's run, but not Greg whatever. Greg Rucker's run... Yeah started and Greg Rucker's run if I remember correctly didn't start in Batwoman the comic book I thought it started in Detective Comics well, yeah that sounds familiar right. I think you're and right then, and then Bat- Batwoman I, because I think Batwoman the comic started when J.H. Williams took over the writing mm. which which was when he moved in so when I say Batwoman I am starting with Elegy and then moving into J.H. Williams run on that comic. J.H. Williams, who was the artist with Greg Rucka when it started on Elegy, mm-hmm. and then took over the writing and created what I think, despite the name, um, and despite the cribbing from a character that was born originally in the 50s, um, created one of the more original and full, fully formed uh, characters in the Batman universe in the last 20, 25 years. Yeah. Um, a character that stood on stood on her own, despite her look, despite her name, apart from Batman, in its storytelling and in the story itself, um, and even her foes are a slightly different. Ilk. Yeah, they were different and had a little bit of a different bent to them. Yeah, a little bit supernatural, right? Mm-hmm. A, a little bit, a little quirk. Certainly, a lot quirkier. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, if you had to equate her run to anything Batman-ish. I think actually it, it will compare favorably to Alan Grant and Norm Brayfogle's run on Batman oh. as far as its feel. But with J.H. Williams having that character to work with, he was able to do more with the, uh, the with his Bat character than Alan Grant could do with. Batman. Right. Batman always has to reset. Yeah. But Batwoman can actually move. She had an interesting relationship with her father. She had an interesting relationship with her sister. She had an interesting relationship with her enemy. She had an interesting relationship with the police, including that moved into the world of romance. Mm. Um, Renee Montoya, right? Yeah. No, no. With no? Um, 
with oh, uh, was, uh, Kate, Maggie Sawyer. Maggie Sawyer. Oh, Maggie right, Sawyer. right, right. Um, just, uh, just, and enough cannot be said about J.H. Williams' artwork on that comic, which is spellboundingly yeah. beautiful. And some. Sometimes distractingly yeah. so, to be fair. It's a bit too good. Yeah, but uh, just a great book. I just reread his entire run again, and it just holds up. It's mm-hmm. it's it's pitch perfect. It, and it is, to me, the best Batman-esque thing that I've read in a long, long time. Uh, yeah, I really like that as well. I want to go back and revisit some of that, um, especially in light of this TV show now being mm-hmm. out. I've started watching that. Um, mine is Hoxpox. Oh, okay. Mm. The 12-issue run, a two-miniseries, House of X, Powers of X by Jonathan Hickman, R.B. Silva, and Pepe Larraz as yeah. the two different artists. Uh, both artists very good, and they work well in conjunction. It is not too jarring when you go from one series to the other. Um, basically, 12 issues of dope-ass X-Men stories. I have not cared about the X-Men since, I would say, is it Astonishing, Joss Whedon? Yeah. yeah. And ne- Grant Morrison was new X-Men. Was that yeah, was before, before that. Yeah, so Joss Whedon's astonishing. Although I did like the one Messiah Complex in that little run. Um, but as far as how much I like House of X, Powers of X, yeah, not since uh, astonishing. Uh, it resets the X-Men. It gives Mora more to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for the first time in a long time. Yeah, yeah. It kind of rejiggers that character and opens up a whole new world of uh, stories and timelines, which was surprising and it was a lot of fun to decode a lot of what was happening and figure yeah. out which timeline was which i'm mm-hmm. still not 100 percent sure of everything mm-hmm. um i think that the books that they jump start uh excalibur fallen angels new mutants marauders uh, marauders and x-men varying degrees peaks and valleys of you know um response to those but still new in all of those runs though yep yep still still starting off um, but yeah, all the, that whole 12 issues was awesome. Yeah. I can't say enough about it. And I like that it also as well, it rewrote the DNA of the series in totality. So not just a reworking of the X-Men and its membership, but also even its villains and gave, mm. p- put a new spin on quite a few of them, you know? Yep. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good one. Brandon. My number two, I'm going to say Fables. What? Wow. I love it. Well, we can share it. That series was super great. It was one of the first um, non-Big Two books that I ever read. And I just, I really like how it tells its story. I really like how it deals with, like, the Fable characters. Mm -hmm. And I like... I always really like seeing, like, updated versions of things. It's another reason why, like, the Percy Jackson series, like, it's an updated version of the myths. Yeah. This is an updated version of uh, version of fables, like, story fables, and I really like it. So, yeah. And I love, like, the story of fables is basically, like, the whole, you know, like, like these fairy tale characters have to come to the real world to escape this great great villainy you know what i mean um and it's a comic book series that predates once upon a time the the tv series on abc as a matter of fact it it was the uh inspiration for once upon a time let's that's it, a word to use let's yeah. put it that inspiration. way let's put it that way um what was i mad at that show <laughs> i know i know um but it, it 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 is great it is one of my favorite comic book series of all time easily in my top 10 and it is because 
because of the hit that Once Upon a Time became, that trope of, you know, recontextualizing all of those type of stories became, you know, a thing in in the movies because you had like the Hansel and Gretel and, you know, Abraham Lincoln. Now, all of a sudden, he's a vampire hunter, right, you know, right. and that all that that whole kind of thing kind of like started a little bit with with fables. And the way fables handle that story is now the that's the benchmark on how I receive all of those other properties. And none of them can compete. Um, fables was all that. It was daring in his storytelling, daring what it did with his characters. Like, you will, this is not your mother's Snow White. Yeah. Um, it was just great. It's a book that made me laugh out loud. I, I cried. Even even its even its spinoffs, Jack of Fables Oof. was bananas. That gets fun. crazy. That was, but it was so much fun. And then the crossover it did with Jack of Fables was great. It's Cinderella. As Cinderella was all of a sudden like the world's best spy was fantastic. Fantastic. Huh. Um, and then they did the, the I think the final spinoff was the one with like Ferris. Ferris, which was still dope. Which was still dope. Talking about all the wives that, you know, the women that love Prince Charming and like what they're doing. Oh. Uh, God, Fables was the gift that kept on giving. I need to maybe retry it. I remember reading the first volume and calling my friend up and saying, Hey, uh, is the adversary supposed to be a secret? I said, Yeah. I said, is blank the adversary? I said, yeah. I said, all right. I think, well, it's a, I think, it, I don't know when you figured it out, but I think there's a certain point where it becomes obvious. It's but trade, trade volume one. I don't know what was what the trades are, but um, there's yeah. a certain point, I think. It, sh- it shouldn't have been obvious oh, in, in well, trade then, volume yeah. one. I'll give you that. Yeah. Wow. Um, it, was, it, was, it was clear as day. I was like, oh, okay. So we know who that is. So it's, that's when I petered out. I was like, oh, all right, I'm good. Um you still should have read it. I still should have read yeah. it because it, it, the whole thing is not about that revelation. Yeah. It's about these characters and their stories and, and how they're dealing with being in the human world now, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And yeah. especially because after the the first trade, because the first trade has a different artist. Um, I think I think Steve LaHoa, Leah Loa, I, I, I could never pronounce his name. I think he's the artist for the first trade, which I think is, um, and, that to- and that more plays like a murder mystery. That first, that first yeah. arc, but then after that, in all the succeeding um, for the rest of the series, the, ar- the the rest of the art is by Mark Buckingham. So good, which has a totally different feel, um, which I think lends itself to the storytelling that um, Bill Willingham, who is the writer, um, is doing. But um, but I, I, I hear you, I, I hear you. But it, 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 it was good. What's next for you, JD? Oh, cause cause that was um that was on my list too, favorite. Oh, was it okay? Yeah, easily. I'm gonna go with Superior Spider-Man. Okay, all right. When I heard what Dan Slott was gonna be doing, he's gonna do a brain swap with Peter Parker and Otto Octavius. Oh, that sounds dumb. <laughs> I don't want to read this stupid, stupid, stupid bullshit. And it is now one of my all-time favorite Spider-Man series mm-hmm. storylines um it's so much fun and you have a full character arc for dr octavius who has always been a shit heel and <laughs> but because he swaps places with peter and sort of is in 
infused immediately with a deluge of Peter's growing up, right? All of all of the life lessons he learned growing up with uh, Aunt May and Uncle Ben. He decides he's going to be a superior Spider-Man than Peter Parker ever was. Right. Um, right. He realizes that Peter doesn't have his his PhD for some reason, um, and. Uh, he, he decides he's not living up to his full potential as he could have been, um, having learned the lessons from Aunt May and Uncle Ben. And well, it's what I was just gonna say. It's also because he expects to keep this body forever, right? And he wants to he wants to have his doctorate and have all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, it is super super duper fun. Yeah. Um, I recommend that to every Spider-Man fan. Um, it's one of the best Spider-Man stories ever told. Yep. My next one is, I'm going to say Silk. No. Yes. Silk. It's Make up your mind. I'm going to say Silk. It's great. I love it. It's perfect. I remember when Silk first came out, um, I read it on a whim. I was like, this character was awful in Spider-Verse. I can't believe they're giving her her own series. This is going to be ridiculous. And then I read it, and it was wonderful. The art was super like cute and just really like it felt really uh, this has been a theme with me but it felt like a really small time story Mm -hmm. and um it Mm -hmm. was just nice because silk she was in a bunker for like her whole life pretty much and roll from high school for, for like 10 years or so and so she didn't remember um she doesn't know how to use technology or anything so like jj jameson loves her because he reminds her of she reminds him of like an older time and he calls her analog and (laughs) he really gets along with her which is hilarious because it's like this spider person he loves but he and he likes silk for some reason as a hero even though he hates spider-man that's interesting and it's real cute and then her friend she gets along with really well and it's just this really sweet story it 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 kind of petered out towards the end it wasn't as good but it started great okay Silk, that's a good one. That's a good one. I, I never read Silk, but I, I always like the costume design. Yeah, that's one of one of her powers. It's cool. That's one of those things they do where like every knockoff hero for some reason has better powers. Silk's powers is that she shoots webs out of her fingertips organically, and she can spin them however she wants. So she can she she makes her costume just by shooting it out of her fingertips. How does it change colors? Who knows? Maybe she can control it down to the molecular level and change the color of her her web but yeah she shoots her that's how she makes her costume that's pretty which dope. is much better than her first costume which was also shot out of her fingertips but was pretty much like a bikini it was very skin tight and bad mm, mm, a little problematic as it yeah were. the whole her whole thing in spider-verse was problematic got you we pause all right. I like Silk. That's pretty cool. I never read it, but, it, you know, I love the costume design, so I'm with that. Um, well, her costume design, real quick, I just sat down. The, her costume design, is it still made mostly of webbing? No. Okay. Because when she first came around, she well, was, like, webbing her face up. Technically, it is, but it's not that one. Okay. It's a. It's a. looks like a normal costume. Okay, thanks. Good. Uh, Sorry, my then. next one is Black Hammer. Ah! Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Black Hammer is a really cool comic book. It basically is what would happen when you um 
are the survivor of one of these big crisis Infinity War events, um, world reality changing events, and you remember it, so they got to stick you in a hole somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a bunch of characters that are dealing with that exact trauma. And um, that's really loosely the 30 second pitch on this show. But it's Yeah, I don't so want to hear any more of it. So much deeper than that. Um, it's by Jeff Lemire, mm-hmm. who's, who's the writer of it. Um, and it's all his own original characters from across the whole diaspora of superherodom. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all, all different takes. And it's really just a very, very cool ongoing comic book um, that I find myself in, enjoying a great deal. I really want to dip into that. I read the first couple of issues and I was immediately enamored with it. I think it was great and uh, I liked what it was dealing with. But then I just fell off because of time constraints. Mm-hmm. And there have been 10 miniseries so far. Yeah. There's a lot of, a black, lot of black Hammer. That dude's like pumping them out. Well, yeah, because the original, I, he's been continuing them in the miniseries. Like the original yeah. ended and then. Yeah. yeah. Um, even right now, it was like Skull Digger and something I'm not sure. boy. Or, yeah, yeah, there's a whole new one. Right now, they got the cool cross, a very cool cross. That's what I was going to say. Justice League. If yeah, you, even if that. you haven't read Black, Mir- Black Hammer, you should still read Black Hammer Justice League. It's oh, really do great. Do I not need to nope. read Black Hammer? If first? you've read the first issue, you know, you have oh, enough okay, information. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely one of the things I'm going to sit down and try to plow through. Um, I'm going to move on to. Wonder Woman. Wonder new, Woman. New 52 Wonder Woman by Cliff Chang and Brian Azzarello. Good one. It is the only series of Wonder Woman that I've stuck around for, for mm-hmm. the most part. Um, I dipped in and out. I think I just ran out of money at some point, so I stopped buying them. So, my buddy Thank Noel. God you got a comic book store. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, but not even that. My buddy Noel, who you know from Spoiler Alert, is he has the Absolute Wonder Woman Volume 1, which he's lent me. It's an oversized, gorgeous hardcover. And I've been sitting and reading that, and it is so good. Yeah, the boy. Cliff Jang art and those colors. In the It's almost, I think, almost 11 by 17, probably size. Mm-hmm. So it's nice and oversized. It is so good, and the writing is so good. I think it's some of Brian Azzarello's best work. As Absolutely. Um he does get a little cutesy with the two characters will be playing word playing off of each other, um, which can get a little tired after yeah, a while. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like uh, all the characters are a lot of fun. Everything that's happening is interesting and engaging. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's my all time favorite Wonder Woman story. Yeah, I think it's one of the more original um, with without re showing us. Her origin, mm-hmm. I think, is one of the most original reimaginings of yeah. her origin, even if you don't agree with all of the uh, story ideas that he uh-huh. brings to bear, because there are a lot of people that didn't agree with everything that he Oh, he yeah, did. yeah. But um, I like that he was trying something different, mm-hmm. and he, he went for it, and it was a winner for me. And you're right, it's probably one of the the last great Wonder Woman runs. Yeah. Certainly the last one that I really like locked on to. I, even Greg Rucka came back. Like Everyone was excited for Greg Rucka to come back for Rebirth. And I read one issue of it, and uh, that's as far as I got. Yeah. yeah. What just, a shame. Just didn't go, you know. I mean, I, again, after Brian Azzarello, it's just, 
it it was just so engaging mm-hmm. and also Cliff Chang. Yeah, like yeah, that. He, that artwork was just was spot on because it was a great Wonder Woman. It was a great looking Wonder Woman without being like you know gratuitous, gratuitous in any way. Yep. But she still ver- felt very Amazonian. She's um, my second favorite Wonder Woman besides uh, New Frontier Wonder Woman by Darwin Cook. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. You know what? I like New Frontier's Wonder Woman, but I would, I, I think I'd give the the nod to Cliff Chang. Yeah, yeah, he wins. I would. All right. My next one would be Hickman's Avengers, New Avengers. Ah, right. What? Wonderful. And I love it. Second Hickman on the list so far. Nice. Yeah. Is it? Oh, yeah. You said Hoxpox. Um, and it's, it does a lot of what Hoxpox did, I think. It it tells a grand sweeping story. It's a, it's Obviously, it's longer, so it's a little bigger. But it tells this grand story over, like, I think once you combine them, which I'm doing, by the way, Avengers and New Avengers, they, they work together. Um, it's like 80 issues, I think, in total. And it tells a story of like the Marvel Universe ending and like all these worlds colliding and everything. And it's it's just, it's great. It's giant. It's great. It's why, personally, I like Endgame, but it's, it's just okay to me. Because like nothing compares to me, nothing I've seen yet has compared to the scale of Hickman's Avengers, New Avengers. Nothing compares to you. Oh, um, the only problem I have with that Hickman run is that if you're reading it month to month, week to week, and you're going to the comic book store every Wednesday and you're picking up the next issue, great. If you are reading it in trade paperback, it can be a little confusing because there's Avengers and New Avengers, as mm-hmm. opposed to putting it out chronologically, you can buy Avengers and New Avengers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which I don't think that's his fault, though. I mean, that's sort of his, it's his MO, is he'll write multiple like, titles for the same book. But like Hoxpox is put out as one thing. Mm-hmm. So I assume that that was like Marvel. I assume he would have wanted it that way and Marvel right. split it. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I wish they would do that more often. Yeah. Just just put it out the way it came out. The, the reading order is what I'm right. saying. Put it out in reading order. Yeah. 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 It, um, continuing on a the theme here, he, uh, Hickman, is. My next one. Um, why don't they just turn Marvel? Just give everything over to him. Like, I've been saying it for years. Yeah. Uh, because I loved Hickman's Fantastic Four run. Ah. I was a huge fan of of his <laughs> of his run because I thought he again brought imagination, a wider scope to uh, to Marvel's first family. Um, did something interesting with Reed Richards, which interesting things have been done with Reed Richards before, but you know. I like what Hickman did. Yeah, I thought I thought that he did, did something um, fun with with all of them and broadening that whole world. You know, um, deconstructing the, the the group to to put them back together. And as someone who has always knelt at the altar of John Burns' run on Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. I have recently reread John Burns' run. Oh no! And it's not bad. Oh okay. It's not bad. It's it. I think the ideas hold up I don't know necessarily that the writing holds up um, but with Hickman I think it's uh, the writing does hold up Good. I think his writing is a little bit better and a little bit more imaginative than um, Burn. I think more often than not he sticks the landing um, and he really does build a whole new world uh, with Fantastic Four then moving them into FF mm-hmm. you know the 
the Future uh, Foundation. The Future Foundation doing something with all the kids of Marvel, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean actually the little kids of Marvel, not just the teens. Um, I thought it was really, really smart what he did. Um, huh. And I also like that his run, if I remember correctly, followed Grant Morrison's run on. Uh, not, was it Morrison? Not Morrison. I think Mark, Mar- Mark, Mark Miller. Miller. Mark Miller's run on Fantastic Four, yeah. which easily could have been thrown away because it was in and of itself. But Hickman, no, took what he did and made sense of it. Oh, no and kidding. And worked it into his his run. Huh. Um, very early in his run so that he could, like, you know, like... Hop like, off. Yeah, hop off. Yeah, get, re- get, get with the rest of it. Right, but but it, it, it was still smart. Um, that's another book that I think that if it was released in trade paperback in actually reading order reads better, which is why I'm glad that fan, um, Marvel is now putting out Hickman's his run yeah. as one whole thing, and I have a funny feeling that's what they're going to do. I think with, they've done that with omnibuses. I think they've started that with Avengers, yeah. New Avengers. Yeah, because yeah, I think they realize that's the way to go. And like you said, that's right. the way to go with Hickman. Mm-hmm. You know, But yeah, Hickman, I, I, I think we have our, our comic book writer of 2010. Yeah, right? Nothing yeah, else, yeah. right? Uh, I'm going to wrap mine up with Lock and Key. Yeah, that's your boy. That's my boy, Joe Hill, man. Um, Stephen King's son, and he has written a bunch of novels that I like. He's written a bunch of comics that I like, but this is the one that got me. Oh, no, I'm lying. I think it was The the Cape. Mm. There was a miniseries called The Cape, and that's the one where I was like, who's this Joe Hill? What's going on? But, yeah, Lock and Key is one of my all-time favorite series, not just of the 2010s. It's a thriller, horror um, series that there's six hardcover volumes or softcover mm-hmm. um, and then there's a couple other stragglers that you could pick up uh, like supplementary material and I think they're going to be bringing it back oh really yes uh, there was a one shot release called Dog Days I remember and that. yeah in that it shows that there's more coming and how that happens so um, yeah uh, basically the trailer dropped today so it's at the forefront of my mind for the Netflix show, which is coming out in February. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited for it. But basically, this is a story of um, a family, and a tragedy befalls them, and they have to go back to the ancestral home. And the children start to find these mystical keys, which have different properties. Um, and of course, there's an undying evil that wants to get a hold of them as well. Right. Um, but the relationships are great. The story is really engaging uh and it goes for a while without really faltering at no point was it like all right can we get on with the um yeah 100 percent. i love this series if you haven't checked it out get to it mine my next one is <laughs> red robin oh, red of course. robin yum there's the there's that joke uh yeah i love that series it ended like right i think it's maybe started like 2009 or so but it ended in 2011 so it just counts and yeah it's just great i love it it's that was one of the first comic runs i ever read period like before i read any robin or young Uh, justice or anything wow yeah i had i had done research on robins before and tim drake sounded like the coolest so i read the red robin series because it sounded interesting and it really was it's about i'm actually rereading it right now because I finally finished reading the entire 182 issues of Robin. Wow. So 
now I'm moving on to Red Robin, and then I'll be done. And so I need to, um, throughout it, it's him, it's after Batman's died, and he doesn't believe it. He's like, nah. Oh, right. Yeah, he's the only person who doesn't believe Batman's dead, and so he's going around the world trying to find evidence to prove that he's right. And along the way, he starts working with Ra's al Ghul, and... If I remember correctly, he starts like and he ends up like dismantling Rachel Ghoul's like criminal organization. Wow. And it would have been I mean, not the whole organization, but wow. a large chunk of it. Like and it culminates with Rachel Ghoul finally calling him detective as opposed to young detective, which is like putting him at Batman's level. It's this whole it's it's pretty much like if Tim Drake's story ended there, I would have been okay with it. Nice. Nice one. Who is there a steady artist on that book? I'm not sure, but I hope not, because these first few issues are not great. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember the art not being good, probably because when I started, I didn't know much about art. But these first few issues have not had great art, in my <laughs> opinion. <laughs> yeah, because I seemed to I I wanted to lock in on that because I do like Tim Drake as a character himself. Yeah, but I just couldn't I couldn't buy into to the Red Robin. Yeah, I don't know why. I, there was a block there for me too, and I don't know what it was. Well, one of my, one of my blocks was the costume. Yeah, I like Bert nose. The bird, it's just the, the helmet with no ears felt bomb. weird. It, in fact, I do know it does have it gets better art as time goes on. Okay, because I remember some stuff. Yeah, like being like uh. I remember some stuff being good, and right now it's not. So it must get a better artist. <laughs> I have trouble sometimes with a run of a story that <clears throat> isn't evergreen. Mm-hmm. Um, this takes place after Batman is dead, right. and it directly involves Batman being dead. And then, uh, you know, him trying to figure yeah. things out. Um, yeah, I like things that just sort of, like, exist on their own a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah, I feel you. Yeah. This story, uh, I mean, it definitely it's definitely spins out of that. But I feel like after the first few issues, it definitely does exist on its own. Mm. It's more, like, right now, it's more, the stuff I'm reading is more about him working with Rachel Ghoul and, like, yeah. not being sure of it and yeah. stuff like that. He works with uh, Lucius Fox's daughter, which is weird. Lucius Fox has a daughter? That's what I said. Who's that? Her name's Tam. Megan Fox. Oh. Like Tam, like Tamara, short. So Tam oh. is short for Tamara. But it's like, we know a lot about Lucius Fox, and I don't remember a daughter Lucius ever Lucius coming Lucius. up. Yeah, that's wow. what happens. So, yeah. All right. But yeah. she's a cool supporting character, so yeah. Okay. All right. Um, you know, we've given so much love to Jonathan Hickman, but I think if we were going to give love to any other writer in 2010, it probably would be Brian K. Vaughn. Oh. And for many people that starts and ends with Saga, and rightfully so, because Saga is a great comic book. Yep, yep. Um, so I love Saga. I actually absolutely do. But I'm going to give love to his other great book of the 2010s, and that's Paper Girls. Oh, oh yeah. Because Paper Girls, with your buddy, Cliff Chang, on the art, it's just a really fun book. It's a romp. It's a really fun book. And for all of you people who, especially if you are a huge fan of Stranger Things mm-hmm. and trying to find a comic book equivalent to that, look no further than Paper Girls, um, which is basically take like your your Stranger Things Goonies uh, crew mm-hmm. and then make them girls. Yep. And then boom, just read the book. Just read the series of books. Um, There's six volumes. It's done. It's done. Uh, it, it's it's funny. It's mysterious. It's strange. Um, and it's it's good stuff. Good art. Good comic books. And some of the best covers on the shelves. 
the color schemes for those covers are so eye-catching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to walk past a comic shelf without seeing yep. it. Yeah, it's wonderful. That's another good pick. Really good. I haven't finished it yet. I'm on volume four. Yeah, so me I too. Need, you know, that's I where I'm at, too. Yeah. I feel like it, it definitely reads better in trade, because I, I tried reading it when it first came out, and it didn't really grab me. But yeah. right before it ended, I read the whole thing through, and it, it worked really well. Nice. Yeah. All right, guys. You can email us at cultpopgo at gmail.com. You can go to cultpopgo.com and leave a voicemail. If you click on the bright red banner, you can leave that uh, you know, over your, your mobile device if you want. You can tweet at me at Johnny's, oh, I'm at JD's Hero Complex. You can help the show out if you go to patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo. Len? Hey, hit us up on, uh, hit me up at Black Tribbles, blacktribbles.com. Too cool to be geeks, too cute to be nerds. We are Black Tribbles. Uh, and that's my other podcast where I have a whole lot of fun talking about stuff like I talk about here on yeah. Gutter Talk. Mm-hmm. And, and please write and subscribe to Gutter Talk on your podcatcher of choice. It's available for your download and streaming pleasure. And give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts because that helps other people find our fun little comic book show. Brandon, I I don't have anything. Uh, we did a survey for a little while. We did it throughout December. I think I'm gonna close that down for now. But if you want to write in, maybe we'll do it again sometime. But for now, I think it's it's done. Thank you so much for putting that together, Brandon. And thank you. And thank you for writing in. All right, we're done. <laughs> Thanks so much. I hope everyone had a merry Christmas and a happy New Year. Ditto. Thank you so much, and we will talk at you later. Ta-ta-da!